Welcome to Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck and co-host Reverends Bill Holton and Cher Holton. Discover practical applications to bring 21st century metaphysics to work in your life. Here's your host, Paul Hasselbeck. Welcome to another edition of Metaphysical Romp 2. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck having yet another beautiful day in my consciousness right here in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. And I'm always here with my friends. Hi, friends. Hi, this is Reverend Dr. Cher Holton, and I am in the beautiful Durham, North Carolina part of this table, and it's a beautiful day in my consciousness. And hi as well. This is the Reverend Dr. Bill Holton. It's very definitely another beautiful, beautiful day in my consciousness as well. And for you guys who know and for even don't know, Cher and I are the co-founders of a great Zoom Unity ministry, and our name is the Unity Center for UniversalProsperity.org, and we spell universal, Y-O, universal, because it's about your human growth and spiritual happiness. And the easy, quick way to find us is to come to UCFYP.org. And my website is paulhasselbeck.com, where you can find my weekly blog called The Absolute Word, as well as my calendar of events. And of course, Metaphysical Romp 2, MR2, is all about spirituality, pseudo-spirituality, science, and pseudoscience. And I guess we could say we've been talking about science and pseudoscience, haven't we? Yes, Mm -hmm. we have. So this is part four of exploring the 10 science delusions based on Rupert Sheldrake's book, The Science Delusion. And so we're on number seven. Yes, here we go. Take it away, share. All right. So we've had fun just sharing these and hopefully tickling your brain to think about ways that it applies for you personally. And these last ones that we're going to do, we think you'll really find interesting. Number seven is the misconception that minds are inside our brain and are a product of our brain. And you guys have heard us riff on this subject before. So So here's what he had to say. The idea that our minds are inside our brains and are solely a product of our brain is a materialistic view of the mind. And it's been a topic of philosophical and scientific debate for centuries. And just as an aside, there's still debate about it among scientists. Amen. Yes. While this perspective has some validity, it is... (laughs) We don't know about that. It is not without challenges and alternative viewpoints. Is there any clue about what we believe here? Yeah. Wow. 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 So this is this is where we believe, if anything, that physicality, our brains are an epiphenomenon of our consciousness, of our minds. Yes. And do you want to share anything about that? Because this is a big topic. Bill talks about this a lot with our groups. Yeah, just that we... We know that there's evidence that when people have out-of-body experiences and near-death experiences, when the brain has stopped and even when the heart has stopped, when during uh, experiences that are near death, they still have consciousness. They're actually looking at the operation being performed and the life-saving events. So consciousness very definitely is not a product of the brain. Yeah, that that's really strange stuff, though, when you think about it, that that when a person's being oper- operated on, 
they're up on the ceiling looking down. And actually, I've heard of people when they've had an automobile accident that was really bad, that that they ended up floating above the accident, watching what was going on. Right. There's also been instances where people have actually left the opera when they were in the hospital and being operated on. They would follow people down the hall and go into another room and they could tell later what happened when these technicians went into another room. And they hear conversations that are being uh, uh, told about them, essentially, and their chances. And uh, it, it's it's amazing that some of the stories you right. hear that that aren't just self-report. I mean, they they know things that are going on, for example, in the operating room uh, that they would not normally have known. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yes. Did you want to say anything more about that one or do you want to move to number eight? I was just going to wrap it up kind of a little okay. summary statement that it's important to note that while these arguments challenge the dogma that the mind is entirely a product of the brain, the things that we've just been talking about, for example, they are not universally accepted in the scientific community. The majority of neuroscientists and cognitive scientists work within a materialistic framework, unfortunately, sure. uh, seeking to explain mental phenomena in terms of brain activity. And the nature of the mind remains a complex and debated topic, and more research is needed. And as the listeners can tell, the three of us really fall on the other side of that argument. And we really do believe that it's outside the brain. I think the panpsychism people believe the same thing, right? They they definitely believe that. Yes, yes, they do. And thanks for bringing that up, Paul, because panpsychics even believe that any sentient being from insects to animals, even plants, have consciousness or some some level of consciousness. And they definitely don't have brain. A plant doesn't have, quote unquote, a brain. But yeah, it, it's amazing yeah. how that works. So, so plants have some sort of equivalence, but they haven't been able to figure out how that works. But I just stumbled on some research that cats have imagination ah, yeah so uh the 12 powers aren't just for humans anymore <laughs> I, know, I love that i think that's a new a new yeah. topic that maybe a new class that we'll do <laughs> yeah really so yeah. i've been i've been talking about this for a while and you you guys know this i suddenly realized that if life the power of life is what we use to be living well then every living thing must be doing that and then yeah the rest of the powers actually fell into place. So, yeah. Definitely. Okay, so the next one is our memories. This is the delusion. Our memories are wiped out at death. Well, what Bill was just saying was kind of sort of that, wasn't it? So according to Sheldrake, the notion that our memories are wiped out at death is rooted in the idea that consciousness, including our memories, again, is solely a product of brain activity. So this kind of is a natural follow on to the last one. And while it's a widely held belief, it is not without challenges. And there are a lot of different perspectives that question the dogma. And some examples of the near-death experiences people have, reincarnation and past life memories. Again, that's past, that's a personal self-report, but still there's been a lot of study on that. So afterlife beliefs, all of these things are, are examples that memories probably aren't necessarily wiped out at death. This, this is one I, I'm not sure I know about. 
It's it's quantum consciousness hypothesis. I'll say that again, just because I think I can. Quantum <laughs> consciousness hypothesis. Some theoretical perspectives in physics and philosophy propose connections between quantum mechanics and consciousness. These theories suggest that consciousness may exist in a non-material or quantum state that is not subject to the same physical limitations as the brain. And that kind of explains what we we're just talking about. I, I didn't realize it, but yeah, wow. And, and what's interesting about that is there is a, a belief, a supposition that while we in material form are subject to the speed of light, our consciousness is faster than the speed of light. Yeah, I don't believe consciousness even travels in the way we would think, like going at the speed of light. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because exactly. of the example of the sun. And you can look up and see yeah, it. Yeah, we tell people that as you stand here in front of the of the mall and look up at the sun, it, it takes a nanosecond for you to be aware, conscious, that you're here and the sun is up there. And it takes light from the sun, the speed of light, to seven and a half minutes to get from there to Earth. Yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Yeah, so again, the whole idea of our memories wiped out at death, if you have there's so much research on reincarnation happening right now. That's such an interesting topic. It's another whole discussion, but there's a lot of different views on it. And again, nothing yet at this point can be proven, but yeah. there's some belief that it's... No, I would say there's a body of anecdotal evidence that keeps getting more and more. And you get to a point where you can't keep dismissing this stuff. As far as I'm concerned. Right. Something's happening. Even if you can't totally prove it by the current scientific method, there is something there. And um, more yeah. and more people are trying yeah. to understand it. Yeah. So in this uh, summary statement at the end, was there anything you wanted to share from that? Just it's important to note again that the majority of scientific research and mainstream neuroscience operates under the assumption that consciousness is an emergent property of the brain and memories are closely tied to the brain functions. So again, it's taking uh, the, the scientists that study this are, are really risking their credibility in their field yep. to be able to reach out. They're stepping outside the box and taking that risk. Yeah, they're also risking their funding. Yeah. That's yeah. another. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And Part of the confusion here is that that the traditional scientists are confusing correlation with causation. Uh -huh. And so the, so there's some relationship between consciousness and the physical brain, but that doesn't mean the brain is causing consciousness. Right. And I love to say when we talk about memories and people say, well, why can't I remember a past life or something? And I just want to ask him, can you remember what you had for dinner last Wednesday? <laughs> Unless it was a big event. I mean, you people don't remember things. And if you remember your past vacation, you don't remember every single thing that happened. You remember little moments here and there. Mm -hmm. And so even in this life, we don't remember. Yeah, that is really a good point. So can we go on to nine then? Well, the science delusion number nine is psi abilities like telepathy are illusionary. Well, 
the assertion that psi abilities like telepathy are illusory is based on the skepticism surrounding paranormal, and that's what psi is talking about, paranormal or supernatural phenomena, psi abilities, which include telepathy, the supposed ability to transmit thoughts or information from one mind to another without using any known human senses or wording whatsoever, have been the subject of extensive debate and scientific investigation. While many skeptics argue that these abilities are illusory, proponents of psi phenomena assert otherwise, and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, what Paul mentioned before, associated with uh, telepathy and clairvoyance and precognition and all those psi abilities, uh, that pretty much says, yeah, they're, they're real. Yeah, so if consciousness, if there's only one consciousness, first of all, and it's non-local, well, then what I'm thinking now is everywhere in consciousness all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And there's it's, there's no need for it to travel. And in fact, I used to read things like this, and it, it said, well, Science has not been able to detect anything moving from one person's brain to another person's brain. Well, that assumes that it's moving. Uh, Right? And what if it isn't? Maybe maybe it's simultaneous. Hmm. Yeah. And there's so many, like remote viewing is another example of, I mean, the military actually uses that. Spends billions of dollars. So... There's a lot. There is some proof around that, some scientific study. This would be spooky action at no distance. Yes, there you go. (laughs) So spooky action at a distance. It's not at a distance. Maybe that's what Einstein meant. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. Again, the debate continues. That's really, in summary, there's no agreement about the psi or the unusual things. However, our belief is there's enough enough examples and anecdotal evidence to and experimentation in some of the areas to really prove it exists. And our belief is supported and being supported by many more scientists who are willing and have the courage to step out and investigate these kind of things. Yes. So... I, I encourage more scientific experimentation to see if we can get some sort of evidence, but I don't need any more. No. Right. I don't think you guys do either. No. Okay, so um, 10 is the and is mechanistic medicine is the only kind that works. Mechanistic medicine is the only kind that works. So this is the assertion that mechanistic mech. <laughs> you take this, Cher. <laughs> so what this one is saying is the assertion that mechanistic medicine is the only kind that works reflects a reductionist perspective on healthcare and medicine, which suggests that all medical treatments can be explained and understood solely in terms of mechanistic physical processes. In other words, is saying holistic medicine isn't real. That's really what this is saying. And there's a lot, again, a lot of scientists that believe this, a lot of doctors believe this. And uh, they talk about, um, 
what's it called? I lost the word. Just like it, they give you medicine and it's sugar medicine and you oh, placebo. the placebo. Thank you. The placebo effect. And they kind of use that as a negative. And yet it obviously works because the pharmaceuticals are based on it. So yes, many of them. Yes. And what's really interesting about this is like, like with yoga, most people who do yoga report amazing results. And, and I remember my mother way back when I was a teenager, started doing some yoga. And I thought she had kind of flipped out because mom was not an, uh, someone to experiment. And wow, she lost weight. Her, her personality got better. All kinds of things. It was really amazing. Yeah, yep. there's definite uh, reasons to support yeah. that. And what's interesting is the mechanistic delusion forgets that the, our body is interconnected. Yeah. Uh, and interrelated so that one body function is connected to another body function. It, it doesn't operate in isolation. And that's why the movement toward complementary and alternative medicine is so important yeah. because it's not a uh, an either or. Uh, it, it's a both and in terms of treating our ailments. And I don't remember the details, but I think sometime while we've been doing this program, that that there was evidence that some of the things that happen in the body happen through quantum mechanics, not simply classical mechanics. And that right there disproves this classical mechanics stuff. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Wow. Well, I hope our listeners have enjoyed listening to some of these things that were being debunked. And of course, we're all about this idea of questioning unquestioned answers. And so now it's time for us to pivot to the absolute word, which is based on Sunday messages appearing in Daily Word, a copyrighted Unity publication, and has been used with permission. This one comes from November 5th, 2023, and the word is transitions. Now, I would have preferred the word changes, but this is what they put. So I put, I master life's transitions, or we could say, I master life's changes. Looking in a mirror, I see myself at times when my life was changing. I may see the grinning child who lost a tooth for the first time or the proud student on graduation day. Perhaps I recall my ambitions as I embarked on my career. Maybe I feel a tinge of sadness revisiting the pain of the loss I felt during my most difficult transitions. As I have grown spiritually, I realize the very nature of life is change. No change no life. I have learned to master life's transitions. I know that my divinity is always available. I protect myself with the principles of discernment, understanding, and will. In my divinity, I am one with all people. In my humanity, I am distinct. I master transitions by deepening and strengthening my humanity with my divinity. I master life's transitions. And so it is. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck signing off.
And this is Reverend Dr. Cher Holton saying, we certainly appreciate all of you sharing this time with us. And this is the Reverend Doc Bill Holton, and the three of us continue to invite you to affirm confidently, I master life's transitions each and every day. 